Hello, I'm Eddie French, and you might recognise me from such icy news noises as... <coughs> Daddy! And who could forget... <coughs> well, the good news is, is that I now have my own podcast. It's called Pick Scraped, and it is a fortnightly sketch show uh, made entirely by me. So if that sounds like the sort of thing you'd like, go to wherever you get your podcasts and listen to it. Thank you. Pick Scraped. You're listening to IC News, the only network bringing you the stories from across the multiverse. Positive COVID cases fall for seven days in a row, as Sajid Javid breathes a sigh of relief so massive that everyone within 100 metres of him gets pinged by test and trace. The US Justice Department rules that the IRS must hand Donald Trump's tax returns over to Congress, who will soon be shocked to receive a single piece of paper with IOU Vladimir Putin written on it with a crayon. Boris Johnson struggles with an umbrella during a memorial service for murdered police officers, which isn't the first time he's embarrassed the country when getting one up. And finally, rapper DaBaby cancels himself by calling out gay men with HIV who have sex in car parks on stage, which might be irresponsible behaviour, but still sounds like much more fun than a DaBaby gig. Hello and welcome. I'm Sam Gore, and you're listening to another episode of IC News. Just like GB News, our network is bigger and tougher than your network, and if we need to pick a fight with a charity that saves lives to prove it, we'll do it. Come on then, British Heart Foundation, we'll meet you in the car park and kick your fucking head in. It's been a week that saw Nigel Farage really try his hardest to redefine what's great about Britain. Personally, I always thought it was understated sarcasm, quick wit and the stiff upper lip, but apparently our most patriotic national personality trait is a simple willingness to let children drown at sea. By picking a losing fight with the RNLI, Farage might look like he's struggling in the cesspit of public opinion he's created. But don't worry, he doesn't need rescuing. What he's actually doing is flailing desperately for relevance, and the kindest thing we can do at this point is to turn our backs on him and quietly leave him to sink below the surface. The news cycle in general this week has actually been peppered with the occasional speck of genuine empathy for once. First, there was the heartening news that Farage's tedious posturing actually massively boosted donations to the RNLI, meaning that he's now actively helping to save more struggling migrants from the channel. And then we saw the outpouring of support for American gymnast Simone Biles, who after struggling at the start of the Olympic Games, has now pulled out of several events to preserve her own mental and physical health. Coming from one of the world's most prominent athletes at the grandest sporting stage of them all, it was an important move in the fight to recognise the importance of mental health. Nobody understands inner struggle better than our demonic correspondent Red Redmond, who has been locked in a quite literal battle for their own soul for some time now. They've got the key to the dimensional gate this week, and they've been in search of a way of making empathy accessible to everyone. The Olympics They're an international celebration of sporting excellence, during which the nations of the world come together to compete at the highest level. It's an unbelievably high-pressure environment where mental fortitude can be just as important as peak physical fitness. 
Oh yes, it's all incredibly serious and impressive. Only here you will see the top tier of the world's athletes in some of our most celebrated sports. Like ping pong, horse dancing, and knocking a ball about on some sand in our officially mandated underwear. And that's right on cue. Here's Alan to undermine and belittle not just me, but some of the world's most elite sports people. Once again, sorry to those of you listening at home. Alan is a parasitical shadow demon I picked up a while back. And in terms of podium finishes, he's a gold medal cunt. All I'm saying is, I miss the real sports. This is nothing like in my dimension. Back home many years ago, I was an Olympian, you know. Alan... Your dimension is a swirling vortex of negative psychic energy. It's roughly equivalent to Earth Prime's most brutal early depictions of hell. Then, not the same thing. Nonsense. You've got triathlons. We've got triathlons. Except instead of running, swimming and cycling, we do speed decapitating, blood eagles and the shot put. Oh, for God's sake, Alan. Nobody's interested in hearing... Wait, what did you just say? Shot put? That doesn't sound very hellish. Well, you've got to throw an unbaptized baby over a river of fire into a Nutribullet. So it's a bit different. Jesus Christ! Yeah, right. Like you're telling me you'd watch dressage over that shit. I nearly hit 26 metres at Rio 2016. Bounced it off the fucking rim. (sighs) That flailing little fucker cost me a bronze. Waving his arms about, ruining my trajectory. No, that's enough. Good grief. We're meant to be talking about mental health and you're reminiscing about fucking baby tossing. Nothing there you want to think about rephrasing at all. Enough, Alan. Let's stick to the point, please. And the actual story here? This week, the most decorated American gymnast of all time, Simone Biles, created headlines all over the world. This time it wasn't for her extraordinary athletic performance, but for her decision to withdraw from the gymnastics team final and the rest of the all-around competition. She cited the need to prioritise her own mental health as her reason for doing so. Drawing parallels with the tennis ace Naomi Osaka, who similarly withdrew from Wimbledon earlier this year. Biles' decision has drawn praise from athletes the world over, as her enormous profile shines a light on the importance of both mental health in general and the intense pressure top-tier athletes find themselves under in an environment like the Olympics. Pfft! It's fucking pathetic if you ask me. Apologies for that, listeners. Uh, The voice you just heard belongs to a man named Gary. Gary is... Not an Olympic athlete, or indeed a top-tier sports person of any kind, but he does have strong opinions when it comes to mental health issues, and he's not been shy about spreading them all over the internet this week. In my day, we just put up and shut up. You know what I mean? Walk it off, get some fresh air and exercise, chin up and all that. I'm not sure Simone Biles leads a life that's particularly lacking in exercise, Gary. Well, for what she gets paid, she should man up and get on with it. It's not like it's a real job, is it? It's just flipping about and shit. Can I just tear this prick's head off and get it over with, please? Now, now, Alan, Gary is actually here for a reason. 
he's going to help us illustrate the very real pressure Simone Biles is under and help our listeners understand the negative impact of poor mental health. We're here on Earth Delta X-Ray Freaky Friday 2021, and this reality has some excellent technology for helping us to understand each other. Gary here has already undergone stage one of the procedure, which is to transfer his consciousness into a body that's physically exactly as capable as that of Simone Biles. How do you feel, Gary? Oh, I feel great. I feel strong, nimble and agile. And I'm going to prove that this mental health stuff is just pansy bollocks. This is my mind in a pro athlete's body. And I'm going to prove just how a real man handles the pressure. Steady on there, Gary. We've got to do stage two first, where you relive all the traumatic memories and experiences that have contributed to Miss Biles' mental state. Oh, wow. And I thought I was the cruel one. Bring it on. I've lived a life too, you know. It'll be nothing I can't handle. As you wish, Gary. So there you go, Gary. Now you know exactly what it feels like to land from a great height on broken toes in 2018. You appreciate the mental impact a gruelling training regime has on your body, and you have a true insight into just how lonely and isolating total commitment to athletic excellence can be. (laughs) I don't like it. You also understand the weight of global media attention and the impact it has on your private life and relationships, the intense pressure of expectation, the emotional toll of online abuse on a public figure. And you also know just how much commitment and mental fortitude it takes to be the greatest gymnast in the world, while simultaneously being a survivor of sexual assault within a sport that you've devoted your entire life to, a sport that conspired to cover up the actions of your abuser, leaving you with post-traumatic stress disorder that you battle with every day, even as you continue to perform at the highest possible level. I don't think... Now, if you don't mind, Gary, I think the best way to show us all how much of a wuss Simone Biles is being would be to land a Yershenko double pike on vault. But, but... It's just a round off onto the takeoff board, a back handspring onto the table and a double somersault with your body in a piked position, Gary. Should be easy if you just man up. <laughs> uh, oh, all right, then. All right. Oh, what do you know? There's that impact of poor mental health I was talking about. I have never had more respect for you. Thanks, Alan. We are Red Redmond. Reporting for IC News. There's nothing better than a spectacular opening ceremony, and over in the States this week we were treated to an absolute belter from the start of the January 6th Special Committee's proceedings. It hopes to dig into the events of the Capitol attack that day, and on a week when it was revealed that then-President Trump pressured his acting Attorney General to, and I quote, just call the election corrupt and leave the rest to me, Republicans have been justifiably nervous about its potential findings. Here's Tom King with more. (laughs) 
January 6th. It's a day that will live in infamy. A day when a crowd of violent insurrectionists, their passions inflamed by a failed president who inspired them with disgraceful lies about the integrity of their democracy, stormed the US Capitol building in an attempt to overthrow the government. Or, if you're a dyed-in-the-wool Trump supporter, it was a tourist visit like any other. One where a loving crowd of affectionate patriots lovingly smashed windows and caressed police officers with flagpoles, hockey sticks and chemical sprays, whilst rapturously chanting pleasantries about respectfully murdering the vice president. When you've seen all the incredibly nuanced footage from that fateful day, it's simply impossible to know which side to believe. On the one hand, it does look an awful lot like enraged Trump supporters whose long-term support of the 45th president has been firmly established by one of the largest criminal investigations in modern American history, rallied and organised to mount a violent coup against the government of the United States. But on the other hand, who's to say they weren't just Antifa in disguise? Well, apart from the insurrectionists themselves, of course, many of whom have since claimed in their defence that they were simply acting on the President's instructions. And the FBI, who have long since insisted that they have absolutely no credible evidence that Antifa had any presence at the Capitol whatsoever on the day. But Antifa would say that, wouldn't they? Now that things in the States have undoubtedly settled down just a teeny tiny bit, the events of January the 6th feel like a lifetime ago. Hell, the whole Trump era frankly now feels like some horrifying fever dream. One in which the entire world collectively ate a cheese board, fell asleep in front of the movie Idiocracy and then suffered sleep paralysis. Trump himself may have been sidelined by his election loss and subsequent social media bans, but his influence over the Republican Party is just as strong as it ever was. The run-up to the start of the special committee's investigations this week is proof of that, with Republicans engaging in the sort of partisan fuckery that defined the chaos of Trump's presidency. First, they refused to agree to a September 11th-style independent commission to investigate the events of the Capitol attack. Then House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy was asked to select five Republicans to take part in this committee investigation. And he deliberately picked firebrands and Trump loyalists like Jim Jordan and Jim Banks. Both of those men deny Trump's obvious role in the attack, and both of them quickly objected to Joe Biden's election victory there is a very valid reason Jim Jordan is not suitable to serve on any committee investigating the events of January 6th. It's the same reason Gloucestershire police didn't ask Fred West to check under his own patio. McCarthy knew that Speaker Pelosi would have no option but to reject both him and Banks from the committee. And in response, he pulled all of his nominations. And that left just two Republican members on the committee. Trump critics... Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney. 
Et voilà. Now McCarthy can claim the whole investigation is a political and partisan sham, even though the Republicans deliberately sabotaged both an independent commission and the bipartisan committee they were invited to. There's no need for the multiverse on this one because the GOP are already living in an alternative universe where up is down, blue is red and Lay's fucking Cheney is somehow far left. The committee's hearings this week opened with passionate and furious testimony from police officers working at the Capitol that day who recalled how they were physically attacked and bombarded with racial slurs. It was grim and harrowing stuff, and the response from Fox News was typically measured and respectful. Laura Ingraham handed them acting awards for best performance live on air, then certified worst person ever and haunted racist ventriloquist dummy Tucker Carlson just outright laughed at the testimony of Officer Michael Fanone, who claimed he had been left with psychological trauma by the violent events of the day. This was the same officer for known who was violently assaulted and suffered a heart attack, concussion and a brain injury on January 6th. So much for Blue Lives Matter, eh, Fox? So, this is where America are at now. The Republican Party, still under the thrall of Donald Trump, is desperately moving to delegitimise any investigation that may reveal their complicity in the events of January the 6th. And by doing so, they're minimising and dismissing the testimony of the very officers that were paid to protect them that day. And they're opening the door for yet more chaos at the next election cycle. And if you don't believe that, just listen to the voicemail one of those loving and affectionate Trump supporters left for Officer Fanone as he testified before the committee. That was on the goddamn Capitol. I wish they would have killed all you scumbags. Because you people are scum. They stole the election from Trump and you know that, you scumbag. And you too bad you didn't beat the out of you more. You're a piece of You're a little you scumbag. Ah, oh, really warms your cockles, doesn't it? Just fills you up with all that warm, lovely hope for the future of America. While the public profile of Trump may have taken a back seat, the clown car is still ploughing on at top speed and there's every chance we haven't even seen the worst collision yet. I'm Tom King, and personally, I never really rated democracy anyway. Reporting for IC News. As Britain returns to work post-lockdown and employers face staff shortages all over the country, some sectors have seen wages rise and workers empowered. On top of that, the freedom from the daily commute and some of the other work-related drains on family life offered by flexible working throughout the pandemic remain popular with many of the country's workers, many of whom wish to preserve them moving forwards. That sentiment would appear to offer an easy policy win for the Labour Party, who this week unveiled their plans to boost workers' rights and protect Britain's access to flexible working. Unless, of course, you happen to work for the Labour Party itself. With more, here's passionate centrist Joanne Gordon. The work-life balance. It's a modern-day struggle keeping on top of it all. Our fast pace and busy lives pull us in all sorts of directions. As a centrist and proud supporter of Keir Starmer's Labour Party, I understand them all too well. 
There's not a day that goes by that I'm not being yanked either left or right by somebody, and it's bloody stressful. I just want to stay right here in the middle, thank you very much, where nothing ever changes and nothing can hurt me. Whether it's work, commuting, childcare, our social lives, or downtime to rest and recuperate, too often there just aren't enough hours in the day. Pre-pandemic, this juggling act was all just part of the accepted system. The pivot to flexible working in the face of COVID has laid bare just how drastic some of the everyday sacrifices we've come to accept really are. As Britain emerges from lockdown like a newborn giraffe, thudding to the ground, expected to get the fuck up and gallop immediately before something eats us, the Labour Party are leading the charge to preserve some of the freedoms flexible working has granted us. Nobody understands the importance of negotiating with your employer better than Angela Rayner. The deputy leader successfully talked her way into several new positions when Starmer tried to fire her after the Hartlepool by-election, and now she set her sights on the rights of Britain's workers. Her proposals for strengthening the power of trade unions, providing full workers' rights from day one of employment, and expanding flexible working rules are the latest element of Labour's New Deal for Working People campaign. It's been rapturously embraced by the party faithful, people like Jonathan here. Jonathan is a full-time regional officer with the Labour Party, and flexible working has been a lifeline for him during the pandemic. Yes, that's right. It used to be a real nightmare travelling to constituency Labour Party meetings to suspend left-wing members for arbitrary reasons in person. Oh, um, that's not quite what I meant. And it's really quite difficult to refuse to give an explanation for suspending an AGM face-to-face when people are looking you in the eye demanding one. I'm really enjoying the flexibility of working from home and just ignoring all the furious emails. (laughs) Doesn't that decision usually need some sort of explanation? Maybe, but it's hard to get one when the executive committee don't reply to any of my messages either. I just assume they're working flexibly too. Um, I hate to rock the boat here, Jonathan, but I'm not sure this is quite the sort of example we should be setting. Oh, I've just been asked to take voluntary redundancy. Apparently the party's pretty much bankrupt. Oh, Jonathan, I'm so sorry. That's awful. Oh, but I can take up a temporary contract on much worse terms, should I want to. I'm confused. Aren't we against fire and rehire? I thought so, but it looks like that only applies to Jeremy Corbyn. Oh, and now I've been expelled from the party for voicing support for Jeremy Corbyn. Well, it's been lovely having you here, but uh, if you don't mind, I suppose I really should clear my desk. Why? Isn't this your house? Yes, I thought so too, but now I'm not really sure anymore. Oh dear. I'm Joanne Gordon, and my nice broad church appears to be shrinking every day. Reporting for IC News. I'm not getting my fucking stapler either. Joanne's report brings us to the end of our broadcast, and this week we're closing the show with something a little different. Unfortunately, commercial pressures in post-lockdown Britain are affecting employers everywhere, and here at IC News we're facing some of the same problems. In a bid to keep our news coverage fair and truly impartial, we've had to take on some corporate sponsorship, while also moving in a more entertainment direction. Which is why, tonight, instead of our closing headlines, we leave you with this musical message, 
Bought and paid for by the Jeffrey Bezos Institute for Self-Aggrandizement and Reputational Whitewashery. In these sometimes dark and worrying times, we hope it gives you something to aspire to. We'll be back at 8am next Sunday, but for now, you've been listening to IC News. Thank you, and goodbye. You just need a We just need a little hope That it's not our final kiss Look to the stars Look to the stars Look to the stars There's a multi-fucking billionaire Wanking on the moon There's a multi-fucking billionaire Wanking on the moon It's like if Scrooge McDuck didn't really give a fuck But this old planet is screwed There's a multi-fucking billionaire Wanking on the moon on fire and the market's free You can make the most from calamity If you can afford a spending spree Settle for toxic positivity And I know it may seem that my eyes flash green My own damn coffers are looking pretty lean Even if you don't give or lend it You need a place where you can spend There's it There's a multi-fucking billionaire Wanking on the moon There's a multi-fucking billionaire Wanking on the moon Like it's screwed with duck and really give a fuck this whole planet is screwed There's a multi-fucking billionaire Wanking on the moon We really need a cure for greed It doesn't look like it's a world in need You can wipe out catastrophe over bloody nights And still have time to go to space and see the sights and There's a multi-fucking billionaire Wanking on the moon There's a multi-fucking billionaire Wanking on the moon It's like it's Scrooge McDuck Never really give a fuck But this whole planet is screwed There's a multi-fucking billionaire Wanking on the moon me, Danny Sutcliffe. I'm here today with the right bargain for you. And no, it's not just the mystery me I've got in the back of my van. Although that is also primo stuff, so meet me behind odd bins and flash your full beams if you're interested. If you haven't joined our Patreon yet, we've got a special offer for you. Sign up now as one of our early bird supporters and you can get access to all of our exclusive content for just £2 a month. 
If you want bonus podcast sketches, compilation episodes, and ICU stories, this is the cheapest you're ever going to get them. You've got to be quick, though. This deal is limited to the first 500 patrons, and they'll get snapped up quick. It's the best way to show your support for the show, and you'll be helping us to grow moving forwards. As always, thank you for all of your support, and we hope you enjoy the show. And no, it's not badger meat. And if Brian May tries to tell you otherwise, he's a fucking liar.